PS4, PS. A PlayStation 4 Pro Slim. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, the PlayStation Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Saw Bridges, bringing you guys episode 121. Lucky 121 for that. We're going to hope it's lucky. Last week, we had some technical difficulties. Uh, Thankfully, we did not have them when we recorded the off-topic podcast. We did not have them when we recorded Reader Mail. So we may have, hopefully, nipped in the bud currently. Also, before we let you know who we are, I got to do an apology to our good boy, Felipe, a local streamer who uh, you need to go follow him on Twitch. His name is Rex Strider on Twitch. Um, He asked us two Reader Mail questions that were past the deadline day, and we saved them in Google Keep separately. And we recorded reader mail uh, kind of in a pinch, and we completely forgot about your questions, uh, Felipe. They uh, they eluded us in Google Keep and instead of where we normally save them. So uh, do not fret. Uh, we'll answer your questions first and foremost on Reader Mail 14. We're even going to skip sequence. 15. All right, yeah, Mail 15. We're even going to skip sequence instead of doing Facebook, Discord, or Facebook, Twitter, Discord. We're going to go ahead and just do your two first before we jump into Facebook. So I am sorry, Felipe. Also, my throat's going out. You might be able to hear that. I can't tell if my voice sounds any different. I don't know. But it, uh, I'm talking to you, dumb. Okay. I, I'm saying right PG. now I can't tell. PG. Uh, oh, okay. You sound like a little deeper. You sound like if you were trying to slowly lean yourself into auditioning for the role of Batman if you were replacing Christian Bell. Do you bleed? <laughs> Do you bleed? Anyway. <laughs> you will. We are a PlayStation-based podcast, and uh, what we're going to do... Before, what we're going to do today is going to end up talking about a, a user question uh, that we ended up saving for this episode because that was a fun question in light of all the stuff happening uh, with PS5 coming on the on the horizon and what can be done. We're going to talk about PS4 Pro whether it should be uh, whether it should be reiterated as a slim or if it's for too small of a portion of the gaming population. Whether or not PlayStation should potentially go about doing a super slim with the PS4, very similar to what they did with the PS3 and even the PSP, but did not do with the Vita. So we're going to see, we're going to kind of discuss with all that situation, but uh, we're going to start to show off the way it normally is. And if you don't know who we are, like we said, Triangle Square, the PlayStation-based podcast, you can find us on iTunes. Of course, if you want to listen to us, you can find us on Google Play Music, uh, Spotify, any of those podcast services, and you can just listen to our lovely voices. Uh, And if you want to, you can watch the show. We do have a camera and completely film it and have a set and everything. So if you like that element, you can watch us do the show on YouTube. If you like what we're doing over on YouTube, subscribe, hit that bell notification button. It'll let you know when these episodes go live as well as everything else we do on this channel. Uh, and also, let us know your thoughts about what we're talking about down in the comments below. We'd love to hear y'all's thoughts and whatnot. Uh, if you listen to us on podcast services and cannot do anything with comments, obviously, best way to do it is to find us over on social media platforms. Twitter is at Triangle SQRD. We have Facebook, which is a group called Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. Asked to be entered into that, we will gladly accept you. Saul does not have a Facebook, so you only see me and some other community members, but you can gladly do that. Uh, and you can also join our Discord, which is more of our day-to-day, moment-to-moment with a lot of the dis- with our, a lot of our community members. Uh, and all of those places are also good for what we normally do in our episodes, which is our community's takes section this week has kind of just been hellish we had tech problems and then schedule issues 
And honestly, I, we just completely forgot to get it out there. It cut it off of the end of the last episode, so we just had a weird week around it, but we will be bringing it back. Um, so, don't, don't forget about our website that we're also partnered with, finalweapon.net. Also, something that we forgot to mention last episode because of just the, the way, Yeah, everything that's been going on lately. So a we, lot of stress around We apologize to problems. those guys over there. They're great guys. And uh, a lot of the news that you find us talk about in this episode, you probably would have seen it at Final Weapon before the episode even aired. So they're pretty up-to-date on the news, and it's a cool website, and we have some cool things coming soon. Yep, good partners. So, uh, yeah. Brett, what have you been playing? I have been playing a Threw weird... A curveball at you. I know you did. Yeah. You did. Uh, I've been playing a weird mix of stuff. So I think it was Ryan and Richard, if I want to be... If I'm, I'm thinking correctly, back when the PS4 or the PlayStation Classic rather was announced that we were saying that I was going to end up getting it because I had a ton of things about it. I thought that the $100 price point was way too much. I thought the lack of it coming with a power plug, and I still agree with both of these sentences. I, I, I know that a micro USB power source is really easy to find in a lot of places, but I still think across the board, you have to think about the least common denominator. And definitely when you're talking about people who might be interested in buying a PlayStation Classic, but have not owned a console in any other form or fashion in years. So maybe they would have less of a reason to update their TV. HDTVs, even eight years ago, some of them still work perfectly fine. They didn't have USB ports, not all of them. It wasn't a standard thing. So some people were like, well, it's easy. It still comes with a micro USB cord, but not an AC adapter. So you can plug it into something. But across the board, I just think it would have been just as easy for them to include a power cord that came with a USB C, uh, a micro USB end. So those two things existed. But personally, for me, I'm actually on the other side of the fence. Oh, I'm sure you are. I don't. Yeah. But I this is very much okay. Like out of curiosity, how did you feel about when Nintendo did the new 3DS XL and they didn't include a power adapter? I had one, so I didn't. I didn't care. Yeah, but how does I that mean, work? I'm talking about I personally. Yeah, I sure, it at a greater sure. scale. Stuff no, like and, this, and it didn't hurt me either because I I went from a 3DS XL to the well, new I'm 3DS about for XL. Even the PlayStation. It's just now. See, I actually don't have one. As it gets to be the point, you don't have a power brick laying around. No. What? Yeah, no. I all, all amount of USB C to USB C. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Did I have like four of them you could have? Yeah. You had, did you buy but, one? No. Did you just plug in your TV? For yeah, power? plugged okay. into my TV, and it worked. And that, don't be wrong. Again, I'm, I'm, it's not even about just me. It's about no, trying to help yeah, for. I understand because you got to think about this. How many people do you know that were suddenly interested Sorry in an SNES or an NES Classic that had not bought a console in twenty years? It Probably happened. a lot of people. I know a lot of people. Did, did. that not come with a power adapter? Uh, no, yeah, it did. It did. Oh, okay. Yes. I couldn't remember if it did or not. Well, actually, I could be wrong. I, owned, I didn't buy I, one, so I, I don't know. I own both of them. I should know, but I, I can't remember. But, but I, I want to say, say I just plugged it to my TV for They power, might not but, have. They uh, might not have. But either way, it just goes to show, like, uh, Hannah's mom came back into town from Germany, and she hasn't played games in a long time, but she thought about buying the SNES Classic just to play Dr. Mario, or the NES Classic, rather. Um and it's just something to think of. She's somebody who normally is not the market you'd be going after, but she was like, oh, I'll buy one of those. And that's the perfect kind of person where they may not have a TV or any of the power bricks laying around. You just have to think about those things, in my opinion. But I did end up buying one that was a weird tangent. I ended up buying one because they went on sale for 20 bucks during Prime Day, and then Best Buy has them for $20 as well. And I thought, you know what? Worst case scenario, I'll buy it. It's something interesting to have. I do think it's cool uh, as an idea of... I think it was poorly executed, but it was a cool idea. Yeah. The games aren't necessarily the best games that I would have chose to put on there, even from the ones that I think Sony realistically could have got on there, like Crash Bandicoot. The fact that, the fact that there's not a single Crash Bandicoot is weird. It's, it's yeah. Not that you had to have all three of them, but one of them would yeah, have sufficed it's iconic. There's tons of stuff. I don't think Ape Escape is on there. It's not. Know. So there's there's a lot of games that I think would I'm have sorry. been great choices that just didn't get put on there. I keep hitting my um, mic arm, so I'm sure. sorry for the audio. 
So anyway, I ended up buying one, plugging it in, playing it. Me and Trace yesterday, because we were just screwing around, I plugged it in for the first time. Uh, it's got smaller controllers without the analog sticks. So in my mind, I was like, this could be a great way for Kyrie to play these things. I'm but going by smaller. Do you mean like smaller to scale or do you mean they're just the first gen? Without the first the gen okay. without analogs. And they were already smaller than what ended up being. Yeah, but I didn't know if I didn't know if you meant smaller too. than the launch. No, version. they are. Say, that's weird. They are to scale. Okay. But it's they just that it's been that long since you've had a controller without analog sticks. That Steam, well, been, you don't you never used your adult hands for a controller that's yeah exactly so, yeah. yeah so anyway it helps and I think it fit Kyrie's hands so my idea is to get other games on it uh, and get her to play them yeah. and have fun but me and Trace are playing Tekken three yesterday yucky. Uh, and enjoyed it because we yeah I think it was a it was more of a nostalgia trip than anything. Me and Trace I, used to play yeah. Tekken three constantly and I hated Tekken games yeah so I loved them um, Soul Calibur. Or Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive was also good. When we got a Dreamcast, we did start playing Dead or Alive like crazy. Dead or Alive 3, I think, on like the... Uh, Xbox, the original Xbox? Yeah, that had like it? Master Chief as one of the hidden characters. And then, I think you were right. Yeah, it did. <sighs> yeah. Well, it wasn't Master Chief. Actually, it was a Spartan, but it was a female Spartan. Oh, okay. But it was still Halo. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, no, but I played that. Uh, that's the first thing. I played more Far Cry 3, and this will be my last time talking about Far Cry 3, but now that I beat it and, and done so much, I'm back to the reason of... I've, and it's it's just funny. It may be because I'm playing it, and so I'm seeing it more because it's something I'm kind of accidentally looking for. But I've seen a lot of people talking about Far Cry Three recently, and one and people being like, "I don't understand why people think that this is such a great game," and or some people being like, "Oh, this is a great game," and then people in the comments saying they don't agree. Some people doing what I do, which is defending Four, and but just saying that the reason Four was so lambasted and released was because it was just more of Far Cry Three. So even though it was better in a lot of ways, it just didn't feel new enough. Right. Uh, but you know, all those things aside. Side, the more I the more I continue to play, and I really last this week I got more of the story done than anything because before I was just going through and getting all the towers, all the outposts that I could until I got to the point where you're at Hoyt's Island, and I love that game so much for one very particular reason. And I think it's the reason that so many people go into it. Of all the Far Cry games, I think it had the most thought put into what its influence was, what it was trying to do, and excuse me, having a constant theme that carries throughout the game in a great way. So I don't know if you recall this, and I think a lot of people could easily miss them if they're just not perceptive or they don't pay attention to loading screens. But there's a lot of times in that game where loading screens will happen, and you'll see quotes from Alice in Wonderland, or actually Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, which is a book. Um, I don't remember enough of that game. So Okay, so in, in certain parts of the games, there will be load screens, and you'll see quotes come up from different sections of the book. And they all tie into this idea and this theme about being in an unfamiliar world for who you are. So uh, Jason is ties into which Jason Brody is the main character of the game. Yeah. He's supposed to be analogous to Alice in this situation. Right, because he's, he's like shipwrecked. Exactly. He's thrust into a world that by is... pirates, right? Yes, yeah, okay. but he's thrust into a world that's not where he's used to. It's so different that what's going on there is weird to him. And it is kind of a mystical world. One of the things about the game is there's an animal that's been extinct forever called a thylacine. They've been extinct since like the 1920s. Yeah. Uh, and there's very, very early camera footage of them that's really, really weird looking. They're in the game. So what I mean by that is that it's like they, it's almost a fantasy world. It Almost. It's like a game. That, and then there comes to other parts in the game where as you keep going, Voss always talks about different things. And I think most people would describe Voss is mad you know and Alice in Wonderland has a constant note around madness when you talk about things with not only the Cheshire Cat but the Mad Hatter and all that situation going on so it starts to tie all these things together where you see these quotes and it goes and keeps reiterating on madness specifically and then you have the famous quote from Voss of have I ever told you the definition of insanity and going through all that and the game just does this really is good that, thing is that quote from Alice in Wonderland 
No. Oh, okay. I was no, gonna say no, no. that's I've never. That, that would be really cool though, wouldn't yeah. it? Um, or at no, least I don't no, think it I've, is. It's been so long since I've I've read part of that book. I've never finished it. We're talking it's like the original really story. Yes, it, it's Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. I actually have the book. Uh, I just never finished it. And then the sequel was Through the Looking Glass. Um, so is the Grim for uh, fairy tale of that one the original? No, I don't know. No, no. Okay. Lewis, Lewis Carroll was the author of the book. Okay. Uh, him and J.R. Tolkien were friends, just to yeah. give you an example. But um, anyway, going back to how they relate to each other, there's a lot of things that they do to actually tie those in and really show and, and bring home this idea of what their thematic thing is. In the cave that your friends go to as you start to save them, you can go to the back and there's a thing on the table, and you'll see like a little bucket of like essentially psychedelics, and beside it is a card that says, Eat Me. That's obviously something that's tied into Alice in Wonderland yeah, thing. Yeah, because that thing was very... that. that- well, it was all full of references to eat me, drink me, of different yeah. things and how it affects well, you. Well, that and psychedelics, too. Sure, yeah. And when you look at all that, so there's that connection. Then you have Voss and the fact that when you're preparing for Voss, you know, and this is going to be a little spoilery, but Far Cry is so old at this point. I would hope that this serves, if nothing else, to give you like want to play it if you've never played it. It came out in 2012. Um so seven years old. Yeah. Wow. At that point though, you know, one of the things that happens, Citra, who is Voss's sister comes through and she gives you this potion and you go a layer deeper into a, a, you know, a magical world and you start doing these things. And so there's a lot of these tie throughs. And then as the game starts to kind of come full circle, you get to this point where it's like you're digging, you're falling deeper and deeper into wonderland as it were in this thing. And you're losing more and more of who you are as you continue to dive deep into this thing. And then at the end of the game, there's a thing that happens where there's a decision you have to make, and I won't spoil it completely, but there's a decision you have to make that essentially comes down to you can either make a decision that to wake up from the nightmare, the wonderland, the dream, as it were, and be done with it and go back to your normal life as it was uh, and kind of wake up from wonderland, which is what the end of the book really is, is that she, she was just sleeping the whole time. Yeah. Um, and then the other choice is more like give in, succumb to what the nightmare and dream and wonderland has created and just stay there forever. And that's like the good tie into everything. And that ends with a section where you go through and there's weird things happening around you. It's very mystical. And I just, I love that tie through. I think it's a great idea and it, it's, I think that you can tell when you're playing the game that it has the most focused idea. I think that there were some missteps by getting Hoyt to be the the ending villain instead of giving you more time with Voss, who is obviously better written. And then the greater thing, too, is that you start to realize that Citra is just as crazy as Voss in just a different way. I love the game. I just beat it today before you came over. I played the fi- I beat the final mission, and now I'm just doing trophy cleanup. Love the game. Anybody who has it should definitely play it. I played a little bit of Destiny 2. Very, very very little um and i played a little bit of uh, psp when i was working on replacing the case of the old one that i had uh with Kyrie's psp case uh so i played tactics uh, ogre let us clean together just to try it out make sure it worked right um fun fun times what sure. you been playing i've only been playing one game this week well technically two but i haven't played any destiny 2 at all I've been taking kind of a break for that because I started to feel some burnout and i didn't want to feel that right around shadow keep even though shadow keep is making the game so different then it's going to be hard to tell a difference. Well, still, you don't want to have to do the thing where you jump into a game that you normally like and are already fatigued about yeah. it. Yeah. Let yourself get a breather before this big hit that you know is going to pull you back in. Yeah, yeah. and so I haven't played any of that at all. I have been playing a ton of Dark Souls Remastered. I've played, like, I've made and created, like, five different characters trying out different builds for some potential Let's Play stuff or Saw Plays and that. Just kind of seeing what I want to play with. Um, and then I've been playing Magic Arena on PC. I bought 
Overwatch to play with Kiki and Sean, but lately it just depends on when I get home and how how I'm feeling to play a competitive shooter or just to watch a movie or something. Uh, but that's really kind of been it. I've been really just kind of tired lately and kind of wanting to just do my own thing in Dark Souls because um, I've been having a ton of fun with that. So, Are you any kinda... further? I, I saw that you got a lot of pointers from Josh. Shout out to uh, our patron and longtime listener. Yeah, like Dark Souls 1, I've said it before, is my least explored uh, Dark Souls game, my least played Dark Souls game compared to 2 and 3. And it's one of those that, like, it's so different because it's so older. Like, dexterity in this game, uh, once you get past a certain point, actually makes your casting speed faster. Like, and then, like, I didn't pi- know that. Pyromancy Glove doesn't rely on in- intele- uh, intelligence or faith to, uh, it's typically intelligence, but it doesn't rely on intelligence to level it up. You just go to the Pyromancer and Firelink once you unlock them, and you just simply leveled up with uh, souls. You don't even need Titanite shards or anything. Okay. So it's very weird. Uh, it's very different in terms of like a souls game that I know, which yeah, is two and three. Sure. And you played two, you've played three so much recently that I'm sure it's like a, yeah, a kind three, of a shell shock to go back to, yeah, go back to one. It's not really a, sh- a, 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 that big of a, of a shell shock because it is familiar, but it is so different that I'm one of those people that have to min max builds when it yes. comes to games like these, I have to get everything perfect. I have to know what stats I'm putting into where I have to know what weapons I'm going for the order. I literally have made out Google keep files of just like a list of directions to take and like kind of like a personal checklist of stuff. So like whenever I start playing, it's like I have sorcerer steps and I like write down every single thing I have to go do to make this pl- uh, to, to, to play exactly how I want to play as a sorcerer. Okay. And then that way I follow this step and this is kind of what I do when I'm at work is I make these mental notes of like, I know that if I start with master key and sorcerer, I can easily go to, um, to blight town and get souls and green Titanite shards, or I can go to, um, uh, value of the drakes and get the souls there and then get the grass crest shield and stuff and then make my way up uh, through undead parish and get the uh, basement key to go to go save griggs early sure i have to like map it out in my head and then i'll write it down and then that way i can perfect things and do things in a certain order so whenever i do decide to do a let's play or if i ever decide to do like an optimized run of that build i know exactly what to do in exactly what order and then that way, no level goes unused, and no step or direction goes unwasted. It's all for a reason. And that's all I liked. I never will play a Souls game like this on my first playthrough, ever. Don't get me wrong. That's that's not how I want to play these games on the first playthrough. It's just Dark Souls 1 is, so, is the least familiar enough to me that it is the freshest. Like, it feels fresh. And I even... Yeah, sure. I'm even going back to Dark Souls 2 after this to replay a Hex sorcery build, because that's ridiculously OP in Dark Souls 2 still. And Sorcery is in Dark Souls 1. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. And Sorcery was crazy in Demon's Souls too. I don't remember Demon's Souls that well at all. Like, I want Demon's Souls Remastered to come out just so I can remember it because I remember Tower of Latria. So, ironically... um, Is it Tower of Latria? I mean, what are you talking about? The area called Tower of Latria, I think. It sounds familiar to me. Don't be wrong, it's... Probably been... Okay, you've actually played it more recently than I have, but ironically enough... Demon Souls is the only one of the game in the whole series that where I've played it multiple times. Yeah, Tower Lottery is one once. I did not play two. I just watched other people play it, and I've watched. I played three once. Uh, So the only one I've ever restarted and played through again was Demon Souls, specifically because there was so much stuff around how easy it was if you if you were just a caster in the game. Magic was super OP in that game. Not Tower, not uh, Lottery. Where's Tower not at? Like, what is his area called? That's going to really bother me now. 
That's that's it's that one game, of those things. That game needs to be re- remastered, does, if nothing else, because it's one of those things that's like I, I remember so much stuff from it, but it's so vague in my mind too. Like the What's jail the, area, I can't think of what that's called either. I yeah. think that's actually Tower Lotteria that I'm thinking of. Um, but yeah, it's just it was one of those things that's like it's it's almost like I never played that game. Yeah, the way I think about it, even sure. though that like the final boss in that game was really really cool. Uh, some of the final areas of that game weren't. But, you know, and, and after replaying through Dark Souls Remastered, kind of like, or actually just playing through Dark Souls 1, I guess, the way to say this is that it's one of those things that's, people always complain about Blighttown. Blighttown is nowhere near as bad as compared to the gutter in Dark Souls 2. See, the I'm trying gutter to, is I can't garbage. remember the name of the place either. And even looking at it here, it's not telling me what I thought it was. It, it's just saying what is already true, obviously, that you're in the Baltarian Palace still, which I knew that. I think that it might be it, what it's called because it's, it's the one Baltarian yeah, Castle, maybe or something. Maybe because what it is is when you because you know it's in the, it's one of the earliest bosses. It is the earliest boss. Yeah, there. Um, I think that's where you start in Baltarian I mean, Palace. Are you sure it's not the second boss? Well, technically, there's a tutorial boss that you can't. Yeah, kill. that's true. That you can't do anything about. Uh, either way, he's the one that you come into, and there's a really large courtyard at the end of the second part that you can start going through because you know the yeah, game and then section. And then there's and then there's uh, st- there's a staircase that leads up to edges on both sides yes. with people shooting at you. Yeah. Um, from what I remember, I don't know how many people are shooting at so. you, but yeah, it's it's a good game. Those are good series, but yeah, anyways, it's just funny that's the only one I've replayed, and it's probably the one that you've not replayed. No, because you haven't played it since PS3. No, at that point. I've only ever beaten that game once too. Did where, you play? Uh, did you play? You didn't play any of the Souls games until Demon Souls, right? Yes. Well, technically, I played Demon Souls first and then revisited it. Yeah. So technically, I have replayed it. I just didn't get far. Did you play? Because I played it Souls, on Seth's that's PS4 what I was when I played Metal Gear Solid Four or PS3 rather or PS3. Yeah. yeah. So I played it on PS3 whenever I played Metal Gear Solid Four. Okay. And, yeah. And. Um, which means you were late to Metal Gear Solid Four too, because Demon Souls came out in '09. Yeah, because I didn't have a PS. Well, no, it, it was it was in '08 of when I played Metal Gear Solid Four. It's just when Seth left that PS4 at Dad's, and I would just play it there. Okay, yeah, because he never he never he got it, and he put movies on it, and then like I remember he got it, and everybody was mad at him. He got it because I think that was like one of his first paychecks, and he was, he went around asking everybody for advice to get it, and we were like, I, he never asked. I thought me. he got it for Christmas. No, not the oh, wait, PS4 or PS3. PS3. The first PS3 he ever got was a Slim, and I went with him, and it was something to do. It wasn't even a paycheck. He wasn't working yet. Okay. It was something that, like, he had extra money, and he I think asked, I think RC like, gave him Christmas money and stuff like that. That's, no, that's what it was. RC gave him Christmas money, and he, RC said, don't buy a PS3 with this. Oh, yeah, and then it, we went to GameStop. And I was with him when he bought it. Because it was not. It was the second uh, it was a slim. complete. Yeah, it, yeah, was, it, was, it, was, it was, the was the first Slim, slim model. Yeah. yeah, which is my favorite model of PS3s. Yeah, and I think... Because as Josh said, I had the George Foreman girl PS3. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is about that PS3. The super slim, right? Yeah, I got yeah. a brand new. Ironically, that we're talking about that on this episode. But. Yeah, because it's going to come up later. I got it brand new. Never once moved it, and then all of a sudden, there's all these little scratches all over it. I don't know Mine's what happened, and it's just like, did you have the white one or the black one? Black one. Yeah. So it just showed everything. Yeah, but. <laughs> Let's move on to news. We spent almost 30 minutes just talking about what we've been playing. 20, I believe it's 22, 17. 22, yeah, it's cut off a little bit. Oh, well. All right, yeah, first thing up in news since we have dropped the drop, as it were. Uh, let's see. This one's pretty interesting. So 
in talks of if you watch the last reader mail there was talk about vr and whatnot and saul saying he wanted to wait to a little bit more time with the quest he has coming in the oculus quest uh but this is kind of more about the future of vr so sony have already confirmed plans for psvr on ps5 as we all know uh but we have some ideas as to what things they might be including in the eventual new headset via some patents they filed uh so a while back there was an interview with one of the people about it and he talked about some of the things he'd like to see but that wasn't necessarily confirmation if sony was going to be doing it or not or if it's just something they were remotely interested in now we know that there is at least some level of r&d going into it so one patent shows a vr headset that can track your head position uh, with a gyroscope and eye movements in real time which is in line with things we've heard before and can be used for things like guessing what you are looking at on screen to better utilize resources by focusing on what you're looking at at the moment instead of and putting more resources into that and kind of cutting resources from things that are in your peripheral. So going into that, uh, that goes hand in hand with a thing that you're seeing in VR games now called foveted foveated something like that rendering which gives graphical precedent to the things that you are most likely to be looking at the best they can guess from where your eyes are at uh, and reduces the quality of things that are in your peripheral vision to better allocate system resources and power and help gpu loading times Uh, couple this info together with some rumored leak specs that have come out and these are rumored so don't take them with any further you know take them with as much of a grain of salt as possible Uh, but the Rumored specs say that it will be a $250 price point with 1440p resolution screens and uh, OLED screens instead of the 1080p that we have on the current VR unit for PS4. Uh, It'll have a 120Hz refresh rate, uh, which is what we have right now, a 220-degree field of view as opposed to the roughly 100-degree field of view in the current PSVR headset, which means that you'll have uh, a lot more peripheral field of view, uh, which is great. And we might be in for an even better VR future if those things are true. The only thing that seems a little weird to me is a $250 price point, but it does depend on when this comes. One of the things they've already confirmed in this, uh, and Saul, you might remember from the article that we talked about uh, probably a month ago, more than that now, um, was that they didn't? They already confirmed that they are not going to be launching a new VR headset alongside the PS5, and instead they'll do like a staggered release like they did with the PS4. Let the system come out, let people get the system. A year or two later, put out a new VR. That helps in a number of ways. It helps people go ahead and get the system, get familiar with the system, not feel like they're spending that much money at once, as well as later in the system's life, giving a reason as to why people might buy it because of wanting VR. And then lastly, of course, gives it even more time. Let's say that the PS5 launches and we know it's it's supposed to be next year, 2020. So we should not see a new VR headset until 2021 late or maybe 2022 late. Right. Uh, and by that point, so many VRs have come and gone. Field of, I mean, the cost of these goods will start to come down as VR becomes more practical and tech gets more and more Hopefully easy so, for yeah. them to go closer to a wireless solution. Yeah, because we brought up uh, Oculus Quest the uh, last time uh, on Reader Mail. We brought it up when we talked about this originally too a couple weeks ago. And that that tech is crazy for only being three hundred dollars, and it's completely wireless unless mm-hmm. you're charging while you play. Yeah, so, well, and that's the difference between the base model Oculus Rift is that, or is it four hundred? I think. Well, four hundred was it for the unit by itself, or was that four hundred with the um, well, well the, the bundle that you got? Well, they come with. There's two of them. There's a uh, there's two different sizes. I think it's sixty four and one twenty eight. Yeah, but you got the one. You got the bundle that came with the headset or the hand controls, right? They both come with it. Oh, they come with it automatically. Yeah. Okay, just, so it's part of... Oh, yeah, well, that makes sense because you have to have... A, it's not like a console where you'd have these things separately. It's 400 
four hundred for and the sixty-four gigabyte, and it's five hundred for the one hundred twenty-eight gigabyte. But it comes with the controllers. I think that's fair yeah, enough to say that the headset's th- essentially three hundred, and you're paying a hundred dollars for two controllers. Yeah, and you get the charging cable because you have power to have adapter. It. I think you get a no, you don't get a case with this because I remember looking at the case. So for it. there's a number of things here. What does this two hundred fifty dollars price point accompany? Is it just a headset? Is it headset and controllers? Is there going to be a yeah, new controller? We don't really know. It gets yeah. weird uh, because you will have you will have the DualShock Five. Uh, what you'd imagine it'd be called uh, to play with in this situation, whereas the Oculus Quest is completely by itself. You it it renders and does everything by itself. The controllers are seventy dollars a piece. By the way, I want you to know just because this is completely off foot, the Switch controllers, the Joy Cons, are eighty dollars for a pair. Are they really? So I must have been looking at sale on Best yep. Buy that night then. Yep. So they have not dropped. I knew they that's didn't. ridiculous. It is. So, aside from the point, but yeah, in this situation, you're paying for controllers because it does all the rendering and everything by itself. It's not hooked up to the computer. It doesn't. So, you have to have controllers that go with it. Otherwise, you have no input at all. Yeah. Whereas, with the BSVR, if they're looking at $250, that's probably just for the headset. Very similar to how they sold bundles with Move controllers early on, but you could also just buy the Can headset. Can we please get some analog sticks on their Move controllers? I'm imagining that's what's going to happen as they start to move away from the Move stuff. I don't see how It they looks like they're going to move a, away from the lights as much. Good, because it, it shouldn't be required. No other headset in the world well, requires that. Well, at the that. time, it made sense. Cause they no, were, it didn't, because nobody else did lights. <laughs> Well, they had the technology already there, and they were doing it pretty early. Yeah. Considering they, they, that there's no competition in the console space specifically, it's kind of hard to say that they did something wrong. Because it's, you know, perfect example, I brought my dad in yesterday. Well, they did it They did it differently that I don't agree with, I guess. They did, but it, they also did it in a way that was way more cost-effective. Not having to have multiple extra cameras to triangulate your position and using technology you already are indeed, you're done. You don't have to think about these things. Now all the R&D goes into how do we make this work as a unit that fits in your head instead of how does VR work? and all yeah they had I mean, already Quest figured can, that out if, if oculus can figure it out to put it all pretty much between your phone and your um your headset i'm sure that they could do something like one cable no no no, they could but we're also talking about something that's made to say you know the psvr is down to 300 dollars now uh yeah. as a price and that yeah. gets bundled in with games and controllers a lot it does uh, my dad just bought uh that goes to show you i in one day this doesn't show you how much i think some I think even maybe you to some extent because you've not played any of the newer games yet. Um, hit with Excuse it. Excuse me. I let Dad try uh, Gran Turismo, which he loves. Gran I Turismo. I played that. Uh, so he he did Gran Turismo. I played Sport it with your driving your steering wheel. Yeah, but you didn't play it in VR. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. I could you, you had your steering wheel set up, and then, I had the steering wheel set up. I have not. I, the last time that you were over. When I had that set up, I didn't even have my VR set up at the time. Are you sure? Yeah, positive. But it doesn't matter. I've only done it once. And I love it, but it takes a lot of work to get set up and going. It does. And I need a better table for my wheel. All those things aside, though, I let my dad play just with a just with a DualShock and the thing, and that was enough for him to be like, oh, wow. Then I let him play Firewall, which has ma- massive updates. The UI and stuff I talked about, the game looks so much sleeker and way more like a counterpart to Rainbow Six now, which well, is good. amazing. Um, but I let him play that. And between those two things, he literally went from saying, oh, you know, I, yeah, VR Gimmicky looks cool, to, to immediately when he got it off his head, he was like, can you look up who in town has one and what bundles they have? And he bought, he already has Gran Turismo, so he bought the Blood and Truth and uh, Is that Hot the motorcycle was out here golf. the other day? No, it's Traces. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, he bought the bundle that came with Blood and Truth, the new game. It comes with two move controllers. It came with... Uh, Everybody, everybody's golf, so Hot Shots Golf VR, essentially. Yeah, it's a good game. Uh, and headset. And then he got the firewall, uh, firewall bundle that came with the game and the controller, both of which were at Best Buy, Best Buy for $450. 
It's pretty good. That's not bad at all. Yeah, pretty good. I would, and he already has a PS4. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't probably purchase one unless I saw if they saw if I saw it go down to two hundred dollars with like Firewall and Beat Saber included, I'd probably pick one up for that. Yeah, that'd be pretty just dope for at that those point. two games. But, yeah, but so yeah, it's it's interesting. And I, the thing about the quest is the quest is brand new and it does all the stuff yeah, by itself. It doesn't have something much, else. Yeah, you know? it's it's so much easier just to like. That I can literally just pick up, put the headset it's on, essentially, and, I'm, and I'm done. If you think about it right now, it's the only way that you can have a truly wireless setup is to let it do all the rendering and whatnot in itself, which means it's not as powerful. Yeah, and I think, but that, I it think is, that, uh, what was the other one? Vive is coming out with one soon. soon. It's, it's what it's rumored. I don't think that's yeah. confirmed by any means. But so I that's think, HTC's solution? Yeah. Well, if you don't care about VR, we will move on from that. But I do find that section pretty interesting. We'll, we'll move on to this. Something about almost killed my PS4. I didn't tell you about that. Go ahead. You almost killed your PS4? I didn't. With this update? Sony did. (laughs) Sony pushed out update 6.72 for PS4. The update weighs in at 440 megabytes and just improves system performance as opposed to what they were doing for the long time, that sweet system stability. Uh, Which to me shows that Sony is likely done with big firmwares uh, that add notable features for the remainder of the PS4's life cycle. It just seems obvious at this point that... The last big one they did really wasn't even as big as the ones prior, and PS5 is a year away. It gets to the point where it's like, why focus on the PS4 at this point? It's got enough units out there. The UI and the system features are pretty robust. We're, we're in a good spot. It would be nice to see them keep adding stuff because it does feel like there is more obvious steps that they could do. Yeah. And some ways that I think that they should get more close to what the PS3 had that we still don't have feature set wise in the PS4, but we're closer than we've ever been. And there's some great stuff PS4 introduced. It is what it is. But what happened to your system? It wouldn't install the update. And then when it, it finally, so I went, I went, I'll turn my PS4 on and I noticed that it at the bottom of the screen said connect to the internet. Okay. So I'm like, I have an update. So I, that's, and that's immediately what I know is that if I'm watching a video on my, on YouTube, on my other monitor, um, and it says connect to the internet. I know there's an update because my internet's working perfectly fine. So I click down on D-pad, connect to the internet, and it says system update, which you like to install. And I said start download, and then I went to the uh, update and restart button. There's like two buttons. It's like yep. the one at the bottom's like later. What was the top one? And then it did a little bar, and it said unable to download or unable to install. And I was like, okay, this is weird. So I kept clicking it, and it kept doing it. And, of course, you can't connect to the internet on your PS4 at this point. So I went back and restarted my PS4. Try to do it again. Could install. Could install. The third time, I was like, I'm going to try this one more time, then I'm going to restart my PS4 again. It got to the very end, and my PS4 just froze. I had to unplug the power cable and power cycle the PS4, basically, to get it to go back on and boot it in safe mode. That's what I'm about to and, ask. Yeah, and then I had to restore my licenses, which took almost three hours. So, I got really bad. <laughs> I don't blame you. I really thought that I just somehow bricked my console. Because I was looking online, I was like, of people that had to do this, and they were like, yeah, it worked fine for me until I had to get to, until I restarted my license, then it got stuck on like 83%, and my PS4 would never turn back on. I'm like, well, that's cool. I hope I don't get stuck on anything. I didn't. Yeah. That's weird. I almost wonder what the situation with that is. I, I mean, just think I downloaded a bad version of the, the software. Like, I think my PS4 just didn't properly inst- and download it properly. That's or just wouldn't it read it, 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 it properly. It wouldn't install it properly. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Well, next up, despite its exclusivity to the PS4, Insomniac's Spider-Man game has become the best-selling superhero game ever, beating out the previous record holder from Batman Arkham City. Congratulations. So, Batman. yeah, that's amazing, considering that Arkham was a... Uh, it came late in the... Arkham City was late in the PS3, Xbox gen. It had close to 80 million Xboxes and close to 80 million uh, PlayStations. It had a remaster. It's pretty amazing. So, now yeah, you, congratulations. You can get some sleep now. Yeah. Uh, next up, Kingdom Hearts 3, while we're on the thing of records, is now the best-selling game in the franchise, according to MPD. It was already the fastest-selling game in the series, but has now beat out the original game as the best-selling as well. Uh, that was one of the crazy things about Kingdom Hearts, is that it's a, it's a really beloved series, but no game released since the first game had beat out the first game sales. Nope. So, we uh, talked about that plenty, too. We even gave predictions on if it would sell or not. I believe we both said it would. Yeah. Yeah, and now and I thought so too, just because of where gaming's at and whatnot. Yeah, but I remember that was in light of uh, Corey, one of our friends and patrons. Thank you, good sir. I remember he was, you know, we were talking about predictions as to how much it would sell, and he went really high. Yeah, I think and he said I, like twenty million. Yeah, maybe. and I just thought too much. And now, even in light of all this stuff that's been going on, I still think that Kingdom Hearts three is going to be on the end of its legs here pretty soon. I would be not surprised if it go if it hits up to ten million. And, and that's still impressive. It's mighty impressive. And, yeah. I'm, and I know that Square Enix would be completely happy with that. So either way, uh, good for Kingdom Hearts, doing a good job. And really, it's great that this game came out and did this well because it means that the future that they've teased is much more likely to happen and Square sees a real reason for it to come. You know, These sales just reinforce even better. Hey, let's keep going with Kingdom Hearts and maybe even make them quicker than we did. Yeah. Bam. Who knows? Next up, one last sales record being set comes in the way of Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. The game had the best launch month in the history of the Crash series as a whole, beating out Crash Insane Trilogy's record set back in 2017 when that launched. So both of those, it's crazy to see how much nostalgia is just killing it in gaming right now. Yeah. For better or for worse sometimes, you know. Uh, next up, while still talking about older games that are coming back around, Final Fantasy VIII was revealed for this year during Square Enix's E3 press conference, but no for sure date was given. With the ESRB giving the game a rating, it is likely soon that we will be given an official date in the coming days and weeks, and I would imagine that the date will be pretty soon. Uh, so I would say that you'll probably have this game on your system, my, my, I'm going to say by September. Yeah, I think that's fair. If not, and anything, that was already close to where I want. September's kind of loaded, so I'm thinking maybe late August. Oh, that's I was going. I was going to say early October. Maybe that seems to be getting a little too close to the window of uh, the holiday season. But I guess the one thing that happens is that you think about it too much in the idea of like a normal game that's coming out and trying to compete with others in the big season. But a remaster is a very particular market. It's like you're. Yeah, it, it can't really. It doesn't really stand with it. It doesn't cost the same. Being a weird combination of what it is. It's a it's a PlayStation One remaster. It's a Final Fantasy remaster. It's a for the first time ever. Remaster. It's coming to yeah. Nintendo Switch and Xbox One. So it's it's a very very different or combination to Nintendo or Xbox consoles, but of uh of ingredients for that one. So it's weird. Yeah. So um, this is what I'm super excited for. Oh boy. What are you super excited for? Eight. No, the next. Part okay, of I'm making sure because. I, honestly, if you told me you were excited for this one, I'd believe you more than if you said you were excited for eight because you trash on eight constantly. I do. <laughs> but with that I said, trash love. while but. we're talking about remakes, remasters, and all that, previously, uh, Wii U, or sorry, Wii exclusive entry in the Super Monkey Ball series, Banana Blitz, is making its way to current gen systems via a remaster that will, of course, be called Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz HD. Uh, this, if you've never played Super Monkey Ball, buy this game. It's super fun. 
See, I, I played the PSP one. I liked it, but I've never just been a huge fan of the series. Me and Seth had, uh, I believe we owned three over the cost of our GameCube, maybe two. Okay. But they were really, really fun games, and they had really fun mini games, like yes. where you could essentially yeah. play pool, but with the Super Monkey Balls, yeah. it was really cool. And you'd be like in a first person, or not first person. It, but was, like a, it was like third person, but real close. Really to close to the, the, the ball, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If not like inside the ball in a way. But. Kind of, yeah. So anyway, fun fact for that, this will make the time the first time that the series has been on a home console in nine years, because that series almost always gets an iteration on any handheld that comes out. I know, I want one on Switch, which I don't know if this one's coming to switch or not but i will probably pick it up on playstation 4. it is coming to switch ps4 xbox one pc i might pick it up on switch but i have sega I have has really been emblem. going after getting their games on pc this is kind of a weird pc release it is but yeah. sega's been going after hey let's do stuff on pc so that's cool and i have fire emblem next week i don't know if i'll be <laughs> Ooh, a lot of games all right uh next up marvel avengers gameplay which we talked about was previously shown only to san diego comic-con attendees this last week will be officially released publicly a week after gamescom and gamescom if you don't know is the annual trade show that takes place every year in august uh in germany so it looks like garbage there, as I was about to say, there are bits of leaked gameplay available online right now, but the full bit will be able to be seen in just around. In what month. world can Thor hit like police officers with his hammer and just not instantly kill them or knock them away? This dude's over here comboing them six or seven times with a hammer. And they're just standing there taking it. You, that brings me to a really interesting point the of something I terrible. already wanted to get to. How often in games do we suspend disbelief? Be just for the sake of mechanical things that you, that feel better to you. We're technically doing a lot of superhero games because it's like you beat them like eight or nine times and you throw them and then they get back up. It's like no, yeah, I'm not getting it, back exactly. up. I'm playing dead. But exactly. this is just like too far. It looks cheesy. None I, I did, of the voice I, work is good. I chose not sad. to watch it, so I don't know. Oh, dude, none of the voice work to me is good, and that's coming from, of course, Troy Baker. It's cra- it's, a, it's a pretty good cast. It's a very good cast. So, that's I mean, what gets me. And then like everything just looks, it looks bland. It doesn't look like okay. Here's the perfect example of what this game looks like to me. You're making me almost want to watch it, but I'm going to wait for the official no, reveal, so I'm going to have to watch it from a side cell phone cutting in and out. It, it's the same thing. But do you remember when we saw on like E3 2016, I think, maybe 17, we saw uh, Marvel versus Capcom or whatever, and we were like, these characters look weird. Yes. It's the same thing. The characters look and sound weird. The gameplay looks, there's just something off about it. It doesn't look good. When is that game set? 2020? Early 2020? Is that right? Uh, for release? Uh, no. I thought it was coming out this year. No, I don't think so. You sure? I really thought... Marvel's Avengers... Game. Speaking of Avengers, they beat Avatar for once. Did At they? All. Yeah. May 15th, 2020 is a release. Jeez, man, that game is so... I'm gonna... I, at least, it, at least it, I can give it the benefit of the doubt and say that it's so far out, almost a year that out. That this is probably a year... Well, and realistically, with fix... what they're showing, this is probably it's... from a build that's a couple months I old. Never real... I just now realized, too, that they are showing stuff a year in advance. Yeah. Well, almost, technically. May, they oh, first showed it in June. June, yeah. So, yeah. This is gameplay they've had ready since then, I'm sure. Exactly. It. You're probably talking about gameplay that came from a, from a build that's a couple months old. So, yeah, you're yeah. probably talking about a year in advance. So, there yeah. really is a lot that can change. Yeah, so hopefully um, that that's what happens. But. Which, I mean, we saw a little bit of change with Marvel versus Capcom while you're actually bringing it. Uh, yeah, they but despite the fact that it got a lot better for a lot of people, the game still didn't sell. Hey, I'm talking about, we're talking about game design, basically. Not talking about the game as in terms of a fighting game. We're talking about the design of the characters. Well, and just like animations and how weird they looked for a lot of people early on. They got better yeah, closer to the that, game's release. Yeah, that kind of fits into what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I'm not talking about the For a AAA fighting. game, it looked Iffy. rough to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's reasonable. It looked I, unfamiliar I really for the series and its characters. And I guess even in comparison to what... 
you know Marvel did with partnering with Insomniac with Spider Man. I don't think Spider Man ever looked janky to me. Mm. That's the thing. Like, no, where, it had whereas, pacing issues, sure, but the gameplay. Yeah, but I'm the, even when they were just showing it, you know, no, I was like going to say the animations, stuff. all yeah. that stuff was perfect. The first time they even showed it, it looked amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's but just, maybe that's because you're focusing on one hero instead well, of it, six. What's crazy is that everybody always says, "Oh, PlayStation does have action games; they have story games." It's like this game nailed the action, but was terrible in the story. <laughs> Terrible and terrible. story pacing. Yeah, terrible is, is um, Yeah, terrible is even a hard word. Because I, I, I like the game. It was I mediocre mean, pacing. Uh, yeah, yeah. The game is still a solid eight. I want you to watch the Avengers trailer when we're done here. Oh, fine. Thing. All right. Uh, anyway, moving on. Sony's long-running San Diego studio, who you most likely know because of their work on the MLB The Show series that they do every year, has gotten a new logo. And a new office following behind many other first-party studios from Sony that have upgraded in recent years, such as Sony Santa Monica, Sony Bend most recently, and Guerrilla Games, all moving into new buildings as well. There is a new unit within the studio that is the one that has been rumored forever uh, to be working on its own original Uncharted game in collaboration with Naughty Dog. Uh, it's still not been confirmed, but you know it remains to be a rumor. Uh, this move might have been to accommodate the scale needed for such a product. Uh, so if you're thinking about a team that's already been around doing this yearly baseball game and some other smaller things uh, with internal dev uh, stuff, uh, or ex-dev help, sorry, external development help, uh, when you're thinking about bringing in a new studio to that and then handing them the reins of something like Uncharted, that is a huge game. And if you're going to do that, you have to have the room to house the people needed to make a game of that scale. So, yeah, this that kind of does make me think that that's very likely that we'll see something on that soon. Probably a PS5 game. Um, Probably so. Yep. I, would, I would think so. This all goes in line, though, with Jim Ryan, uh, the new president uh, for Sony Worldwide, I want to say. Anyway, uh, recent assertion that PlayStation is continuing to invest in its first party as exclusivity becomes more important to the business, which is interesting because there was somebody from Indie Crates, uh, one of the developers behind different things, you know, different little indie games, and they were saying that exclusivity is becoming less important and will be a hamper. I think I disagree. I actually agree with Jim Ryan on this one. And that is in light of one very specific reason. We've been talking a lot about streaming and stuff lately, but when you're getting to a point where something like Netflix is losing and Hulu are losing access to all these shows that people have loved that are from different people, the only reason now that Netflix will be able to keep people is with really compelling exclusivity. Well, I do think that... Like, and I think that's the same with consoles. I think that there's a twist on that that what I will say is that exclusives are becoming more and more relevant the more and more manufacturers go to application-based services. Oh, yeah, definitely somebody like Microsoft yeah. in this case. So yeah. it really, I think, going to come down to a battle of Sony versus Nintendo versus the services that they can provide, which is crazy because there's a lot of stuff going on right now that I've seen Sony fans complain that Sony is doing that Nintendo is doing perfectly like censorship and stuff like that yes is like something that people are I did not realize how many people were mad over that but over it's like the censorship so many different people Tons. complaining about it and I'm just like I get it I do go back and watch our censorship episode I agree with everything I just didn't realize that Nintendo didn't care anymore like their games for being Nintendo it's they like they, it's like the they one. switched yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's crazy Anyways, on to the next one, because well, I'm actually curious about the next one. And even then, what I think really happened in that situation, and then we can move on, is... Uh, Doug Bowser. 
<laughs> well, no, I think what ended up happening is that Nintendo realized that this was a really easy chance for them to strong arm and that more adults, they could look at the numbers, the, the Switch sold most to adults over 30. So they knew well, that a lot of their thing, early days at least, so they knew they had a large that. group of people who would not care about the adult content and that they could steal away from some business that Sony's been locking down with the Vita and the PS4 with some of these fan service games and these little niche titles and then go, you know what? This is an easy power play to do. It makes us look good on HR. It gives us new customers customers that will come over and support us because of the move and who are going to be boycotting Sony. It, it was a win-win for Nintendo. Not only that, but like think back to the the Switch Lite and uh, uh Switch Lite commercial. Yeah. How many kids were in that commercial? Yeah, hardly anybody. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know if I ever there it's, was one kid. It's funny, that's what I'm saying. It, there was it's one funny kid. that people are like, "Oh, this is for kids." When I get that, yeah, it makes more sense for a kid to have that. Nintendo's not making that like they made the 2DS. Yes. 2DS was a clear divide on like this is going to be mainly for kids versus and, and the young Switch Lite, kids, which too. are for the people who yeah. wants a handheld. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, that's Man, that's interesting. One last little bit about what we were talking about, though, with the uh, new San Diego studio logo. Uh, And I just thought this was interesting. So if I don't know if it's on accident or on purpose, and this could be something they just did as a cool little throwback, uh, but the new logo for the thing is like... Essentially an S that's cut out from a D that goes all the way through. And you could just look it up. Uh, but while you're at looking that up, also look up the old logo that Sony did for the Super Disc uh, that they used during their partnership with Nintendo for the disc-based add-on for the SNES that ended up coming uh, becoming the PlayStation 1 uh, that eventually went sour, of course, between Sony interesting and Nintendo. Interesting to bring back up Nintendo. This conversation went full circle. Very much so. So go check that out. It's pretty interesting. And Saul, you should look at it too while we're sitting there. It's... it's Oh, it's really? It, it's uh, it's essentially like if Let's you were revise. doing it with modern font. Yeah, yeah, but it's the same basic idea. So that's cool, uh, and maybe a little throwback to history, or it could just be accidental because it is a pretty solid logo. Design. Yeah, it's like I don't look at the news during the week, even though this news I think would only happened yesterday. You put it yeah, it's pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, anyway, next up, Sumo Digital, the studio most recently behind Crack. Well, not most recently actually, uh, behind Crackdown Three, Little Big Planet Three. And most recently, Team Sonic Racing have announced that they are working with 2K Games on an unannounced project. Uh, so NBA there you go. 2K Kart Racer. <laughs> you play as LeBron James <laughs> in, LeBron a, James. in a cart that has basketball wheels, or would it be basketball shoes that are like running fast? It'll be basketball shoes that are running fast. Ah, oh. ha. Oh. You like that, it. don't you? <laughs> for those that don't know, I just ripped off a... Uh, you couldn't even see it on my laptop for even audio. I ripped off one of those pieces of plastic film that adhere to plastics or glass and just like... It's just... Oh. Now, as equally amazing as it is when you get that off in one go and just love the way it feels, when you rip it and then have to like pick at it to get the rest of it off, that's like equally... It's like... That's what started. It's I had the to highest of to high to it. and then the lowest of lows. It's the opposite. I had to pick at it to get to a fine line started, then I could just rip it off. So yeah. I started out bad and ended phenomenally. Well, that's good. That's why you want to do Getting it, right? excited about little plastic cable pieces. It's essentially days gone. It started off rough, but you know what? It ended up really good at the end. I'm glad you waited. One of these that. days, you'll play it and understand. One of the days, I'll have enough free time of not to playing Overwatch and maybe The Witcher after uh, you didn't put The Witcher Netflix trailer in there but that's okay because that's not news yeah. I, I feel it's like not really yeah it's kind of we've, like, we've covered the fact that it's coming enough and here's the bigger thing if we're going to bring that in the news we can go ahead and talk about the fact that joking. Netflix has very specifically said that they are not adapting this off of the video games and instead it's the books specifically one book right now right it's the it's the very first book yeah uh, The Last Wish or something like that um, the last, I think it's The Last Winds or something like that know. I'm over here probably thinking, conflating Destiny stuff with it. <laughs> the Last Wish was Destiny stuff. Uh, anyway, 
While well, so I was looking that up, the upcoming Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Oh, it is the last game. wish. Okay, I thought so, but oh, I'm getting confused with uh, the Winds of Winter, which is a Game of Thrones book. I figured that was a Game of Thrones book. Uh, the upcoming Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, which is the action RPG that was originally called Dragon Ball Action RPG, um, has revealed Great. that there will be other playable characters and not just Goku. In the Why game. does this have to be revealed at this point? I get that it's a Dragon Ball RPG, but the, I mean, even the reason Legacy I think, of Goku games had playable characters, except the first one. I think the biggest reason is that I've said since they first said the name, the name Dragon Ball Z Kakarot is really a terrible name because it implies that you're going to play as Goku, which is not I doesn't have to be well, a bad thing. Well, I figured it would be his story, which would probably go to the Boo Saga, which I don't think is confirmed where it's going yet. Yeah, they haven't said. Uh, so I do think that you could play as key characters in key moments. Like it'd be cool to play as Trunk near well, the Trunks. Maybe the free, it sounds so. Saga. Right now, the characters that they've said for sure are doing it, the characters include Vegeta, Piccolo, and Gohan, who are also support characters in the game. Which makes me think that we this may not actually go. Anywhere further than just the, the the end of the Frieza saga, or if they confirm that because that would is there, be Saiyan saga, Frieza saga. saga. Well, if you confirm Trunks is there, we know we're in the Cell saga. That's true, but they so, haven't said that yet. Well, that's what I'm saying is that if they say it, we that we they don't have anything it's left true. to reveal in terms of that. That's Can true. Can you imagine playing as Trunks as he time travels back to save them? Yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. But see, they've not also confirmed whether you're going to play as the other characters in key moments or if you can freely switch between the two of them. Or if it's a party system similar to what Final Fantasy is doing with the remake. I don't want that, no. Where you can you can uh-uh. play Goku and then switch in real time to no, Piccolo? I want to play full sequences of Goku. I don't worry about changing parties. Well, you don't have to if you don't want to. I don't. I don't. Just like in just like in Final Fantasy VII remake, essentially, if you wanted to, it, it's like Tales of games. You can you always can switch to the other characters, but I just don't even do that. I don't for, either. For me, in the Tales of games, or what I'll do in Final Fantasy VII remake, I most likely will never end up switching to Barrett or anybody else. I'll just be like, I'll play as Cloud the whole time. I think the the only time I've ever done that was or uh, changing my I could, party. I could be wrong. We'll my, see. I may par- try it. My party order. I changed it to Balthier in twelve for a bit instead of playing as Vaughn. And that lets you play as him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it lets you play it, as him. It puts as his a, character model as is the main yes. walk around character yeah, model. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's something to think about. Uh, last up, though, Gearbox CEO Randy Pitchford, crazy as he is, has come out to explain that despite the current state of crossplay looking clean across all three platform holders, holders, Borderlands Three will not be supporting the feature at launch. He insists that they are committed to the feature as soon as practical after launch. So it does sound like we'll get it. But if you were hoping to be able to play co-op with your friends across Xbox and PlayStation at launch. Sorry, not going to happen. Uh, so that is the end of the news. Hope you guys enjoyed it. There's a couple things I specifically chose to let, leave out. Just going to get to the point where it's like, do I really need to know that Rage 2 is adding three more gameplay modes? You know, the game's kind of come and gone and it's, didn't really make old, a big yeah. splash. I, even though I love Darksiders 3, it's not a huge game. It's new DLC is out. These are things if you care about, there you go. You have a, a little bit more if news you, for uh, you. If but. you follow our website, finalweapon.net, on Twitter... Bam, bam. Maybe you'll you, see these you things right there. Yeah. Who knows? You could skip the new segment entirely and just get to the juicy parts. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so with that said, I guess it's time to move on into the main topic. And, and Saul, do you have it up on Twitter so we can read the question that it's from, just in case the people don't watch uh, Reader Mail? Well, no, but see, what I could do very genuinely, because nobody is going to realize it, is I can almost just kind of go through and talk and act like I'm looking for it and pulling it up. But it's also distracting, but you hear my voice, so that's not where it really matters. Uh-huh. What I also uh-huh. did wrong... Was I unpinned the tweet and it went all the way down to the bottom. But our good buddy, no fate, Sean Neo, a Patreon of ours, says, Do you think Sony will make a slimmer PS4 slash Pro at some point? I like how he put the slash in there because he's insinuating a slimmer base model than what the slim already is. Yep. Or a PS4 Pro slim. So this kind of opened up a conversation that 
do we think we'll see hardware iterations of any kind in the rest of this lifetime for the PlayStation 4? And that could be for the Pro, for the Slim, for the very normal one. They could actually... or Yeah, they did discontinue that SKU, didn't they? The Which original one? SKU. Of the place they always do. Okay, that's so whenever a slim comes, whenever a slim comes, they'll just dis- slim is essentially the word that people who are Revised fans version. have put on it. Yeah. As far as Sony's concerned, it's not called a PS4 Slim. It's just called a PlayStation Four. It's just the base model. Yeah. But we say Slim as as fans is. because it helps us know whether we're talking about you playing on the Slim, the smaller revi- revised version. And that's a little bit weird too, right? Because one of the things about the word revision is that there are revisions of the models before they even get a uh, a um, shell change. Is essentially what I'm going to call it. So you know, the base model PlayStation Four came with uh, the matte on one side and then the high gloss on the hard drive cover. Then when you look at Ugly. that, they eventually did one where it was matte on both the hard drive cover and the main body of the PlayStation, but it kept the same form factor. And eventually we ended up getting to the Slim. The Slim, with its actual form factor change, has also had its own revisions. And the PlayStation 4 Pro also has had a revision with the Red Dead Redemption 2 bundle being the first one that has a quieter and more efficient fan. Right. So when you think about it, there have been revisions, but they've not been revisions of the sort that you'd expect to see when you actually will sit, well, you'll start to say, that's the PS4 Slim, because it's going to be a word that we have to attach to it so that we can understand what you're playing on or what you might be selling me or what I'm selling. It's important for that. What? Oh, nothing. I just saw something on Twitter. Like, it looks similar to something else. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very similar. Oh, well. Um, not that it's a bad thing, no. but it's actually kind of cool if that's what it came from. I doubt it. But anyways, uh, yeah. So, like, I, it kind of opens up the floor, and I want to hear from you guys, too, whether it's in the comments of the YouTube video or it's in our Discord or through Twitter or on our Facebook. You know, all these places that you guys can chat with us is that what do you guys think in terms of a revision because I honestly don't think we'll get anything, especially on a PS4 Pro level. Now, what I think would be cool is it's it's almost impossible for this to happen, but wouldn't it be cool if they took the PS4 Slim and they shrunk it down to almost the size of the PSVR unit? God, that would be insanely. But it you would know, be. it's here, very the, possible. Well, I don't know about that. As much as I'm going to say, well, I was going to say, depending on. The die. How, well, no, it's just how close you want to get to um, the size of that. Like maybe double the size and have it the size of like a Wii U. That'd even be doable, I think. Cause you can definitely. They'd well, have the to Wii change U was so long. You remember that? It wasn't well, very wide. It was, about that it was long. like this wide, but it was like that long. It wasn't that long? About that long. It was about a foot long. <laughs> Did you well, get it from Subway? I wanted some Sonic. No, ew. Don't you disgrace. Nintendo by talking about Subway, or don't disgrace Subway by talking about Nintendo? First of all, Subway's disgusting food. Uh, okay, that's so what I, I thought you were going with that. I just some, wanted to be sure. some cheese sticks and like a hot fudge milkshake. Yes, a hot fudge milkshake is a real thing. Thank me later. It's the best milkshake you will ever have. And uh, get some fried mozzarella sticks. But anyways. Why did Sonic come into there? Because you're talking about footlongs, and it's a footlong coney. Their signature item. You're going to talk about footlong subs. I think that if you're Nasty. talking about signature, I don't think that Sonic has had an entire multi-decade long at this point commercial series that was run about $5 footlongs. I'm pretty sure if you were saying footlong and you went to people and said, what does the word footlong immediately make you think of? Nine times out of 10, they'll say Subway. It, no, because Subway doesn't exist. 
Okay. Um, in the world that you exist in? In the, exi- in the world that I exist in. Um, well, nobody wants that nasty old meat sandwiches. <laughs> They're also not made out of yoga mats for anybody who thinks that that's a thing. That's actually a myth. But, um, but well, no, like I want, I want a small PS. It would be cool. It would not be for me. I would not be a consumer for this. But I want, a, I want to see a really, really small PS4 Slim that people can take around traveling and such. And in my head, it's a terrible idea because it would almost fail at always at this. But wouldn't it be cool if it came with a built-in HDMI cord that you could pull out of the back and it would just kind of be wound into the system? It wouldn't fit. That sounds like a terrible idea. It does sound like a terrible idea, but it'd be cool when you think about it. I know. I my can, coffee maker has that. And I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, why don't consoles have this? I'm like, I probably would break and nobody would be able to repair it. But I was like, man, this Well, is what cool. would happen? It'd break and you'd void your warranty trying to open it up to fix it. Yeah, but that would be the issue. But think about it. Like, think if think if every single cable in a PlayStation Four could just come out of the system and just wind back in. How, here's a here's a good question for that. And as as a as a kind of like a, a question to answer your question, how many people genuinely take their PlayStation Four around to other people's houses? Well, no, it's not to other houses like that because that could be a, a or to other rooms. How but often do people move their PlayStation? It's 4? not room. It's for like influencers and stuff who want to take their uh, PS Fours with them when they travel. And so I could take it with me, and it could fit in my laptop and maybe take up half of the top of my laptop, for those that are watching, to get a good idea. And then I could literally just use USB-C to connect it and play off my laptop. As, with your laptop as a monitor? Yeah. Assuming that your laptop had the functionality required to do that? I think it does. But it just depends. I, I, mine doesn't have an HDMI in. Mine has an HDMI out. I, I think we actually right. talked about this one day. I don't yeah. think I found out mine didn't have that either. Yeah, it doesn't. Yours just has an out. I'll buy a converter. <laughs> okay. I don't know how you do that. I think you go buy a USB-C to HDMI in converter, I think. Well, uh, then you have to have a USB-C that's rated to send the video I'll out. Buy a hub. Anyway, but we're yeah, losing like, the force with the trees a little it bit. Would, but it would be cool to have that. Like, Think about it this way. Do you remember, uh, in terms of going small, going back to the idea of how small could they re- realistically make it? And your assertion early was um, the size of, if anybody has a PSVR, you understand what he's referencing, uh, but the size of the breakout box for the PSVR unit. Yeah, it's uh, Which looks like a mini PS4 phone. launch. Yeah, it's very, it's very small. It's about, I'd say, what, five inches? It's a little bit bigger than that. Yeah, I was going to say, but, well, about five inches wide. And about six inches deep. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to say six inches deep yeah. <laughs> without getting a little naughty. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that it's a, yeah, so five by six and um, it's really cool looking. And like, it would be really cool to know. And I know it's coming because you, Hold can, on, you know, what's coming. <laughs> the small consoles is a thing. Cause you can already buy like PCs and get micro ATX and get real super small PCs and such. And it's, it's the tech is there, but I don't really know. It's more of a well, novelty. Well, is it disk drive? See, in this situation, it almost have to be a digital-only model. That's, well, obviously, it's 5x6. I don't even know if 5x6 would fit a disk tray in that. <laughs> I don't know. You're carrying it around, too. So think about it. It could be your portable PlayStation 4 Pro. <laughs> God. Your portable, oh, no, not a Pro. Not a pro. <laughs> no, it's not a Pro. The Pro will not your, be your that small. portable PlayStation 4 Slim. And essentially, they could even sell screens for it. That you could have, like, it could have, this, like, this reminds me so much of when PlayStation did the PS1 that had the pop up TV on they, top of it. That's what I'm thinking. No, when it was a terrible TV. No, no, it doesn't matter. It was cool to have, but it was like the moment you started playing games on it, you were like, this was terrible. Who it would, could, who would want to play this game it, on this terrible 480p? You could have a bracket that you could buy that you can, that you can mount it on the back of a monitor and it holds the system. 
I just feel like this is going into stuff that most people it's wouldn't really want to do. No, well, yeah. obviously not. I'm thinking of fun things. I'm not yeah. thinking of like I'm not taking this as like a serious subject because I I truly don't think, and I said this, I don't think that we're going to get another revision at all. Okay, well, look, I'll start from the point of I'm going to stretch real quick. While you start from a point. Okay, we can start from the point of answering the question. Which My audio is going to be terrible. I apologize. I don't know why I keep hitting the mic this episode. And you're about to do it again. <laughs> but no, I guess from the beginning point of do we think it's going to happen or not? I, I lean on the side of no. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's impossible. Uh, it's just you have to look at the question starts to become why even make a slim model revision in the first place? What What is the point of doing a console revision to the point where you change the form factor and everything? Uh, a lot of it comes down to trying to lower the cost to manufacture the system use newer components that let you take up less room so that you get less plastic. The less plastic you have to spend, the more that you save. And then you can drop the price by a certain amount, making the system feel more lucrative to people or, or more appealing to a customer of like, oh man, I can finally get a PS4 now. I've not gotten one this whole generation, but now that we're so late in the generation, there's all these great games. This is the move that's all about the patient gamer. These yeah. are always what these are about, and and it's for, first and foremost about the patient gamer, and then secondarily about people who maybe bought a launch unit and have not upgraded, and their system might have for some reason just naturally crapped the bed. You know, it's like you get to that point, or maybe they just go, "Well, this is the old one. It's got loud fans. I've been dealing with it a long time. This new one's more energy efficient. It's got better fans, and does all the things I needed to do." So when you look at that across the board, I think that there is a market for a slim, and you got to look. It starts to be timing as well. The Super Slim, which is essentially what we're talking about, well, there'll be another slim iteration of the normal base model PS4. The Super Slim PS3 came out in September of 2012. Um, and when you look at that, that was a year and a month before the actual release of the PS3, uh, PS4. I got so, that right at launch then. Yes, you did. Wow. Right when it came out. Because me and you bought ours very similar time. I bought the white one with a 500 gig hard drive. And I bought drive. the uh, Drake's Uncharted bundle with yep. like 250 gig hard drive. I yeah, think. they came with Uncharted 3. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, when you look at that, we're talking about a year before the the la- the announcement, launch, and everything of the PS4. The PS4 was in people's hands a year and a month or a year. Yeah, about, about a year and two months later. Um so that leads us to the point of let's say that we get a similar release date for the PS5 and we're talking November of 2020, which is a very highly likely window for the system. Um, if you're looking at that, we would need to be hearing about this within reason in about a month or two. Yeah, essentially. So it's going to be, if it's going to happen, my answer leans on there's a much less chance that a PS4 Pro Slim will happen due to the fact that the Pro already caters to a very sm- I want to say very small, but it caters to a small group of gamers who care so much about power that they're willing to pay more money for better for better hardware. I think what you've you've already seen the the fix that you really need in that, which is to give it better hard better um fans and whatnot, keep it from being so loud and, and overheating as much, which is exactly what you want. More of what they're doing is trying to cater into the people who are wanting to buy a PlayStation 4 who haven't done it. And I think the best way to do that is with a super slim model, the base model. You can lower the price even more. We might be able to finally get that p- price for the PS4 to be um, 250 instead of 300 uh, You can do that with a system that is significantly smaller using a 14 uh, nanometer uh, 
die, and that's actually the size of the CPU, which means it uses less energy, which means it doesn't have to have as big of a power supply, which means that it doesn't have to have as big of a piece of plastic to hold the chip that it's running on. All these different things come into effect, and then they could even do something like they did on the, on the PS3 Super Slim to cut the price even further, uh, where the PS1 and the P, or the, sorry, the, the PS3 Model 1 and the PS3 Model 2 uh, both had optical drives where you'd put the disc in and it would suck it in. Can it have grill marks on the but top? But the Super Slim Model looked like a George Foreman grill, and there was a button and it would slide the top over and you'd physically place the disc in which I actually didn't mind that me- mechanism that it wasn't like a bad mechanism no it wasn't it would have a, a, a lot higher probability to fail yes it would there's a lot of moving parts in well that. I say that but realistically it's easier to get around if it does fail whereas if an optical drive fails you have to replace the whole optical drive what I'm curious about is that would the game still spin up and start with the drive open no they don't but you could probably, if you could do something to trick and just push the thing that's supposed to tell it that it's yeah. done, you could probably get it to. Or maybe you'd have to keep it closed, I would think. So maybe just slide it closed and duct tape the top of it while you're well, playing. Well, you could do that, or you could just get something that wedges and holds. That's true, too. You yeah. know. So here's what you do. You build... <laughs> I just thought of something really gimmicky. You build... Okay, it's going to look like a, it's gonna look like a PlayStation 4 Slim, but about half the size. Cut it straight down the The whole middle. top is going to open... <laughs> No, no, <laughs> and that's, that's where the not sc- a bad idea. That's where the screen's going to be. No, the, the top layer opens so, up, so and you, there's just a. So you take a PlayStation Four Slim and you cut it right down the middle. Okay. So you're left with something akin to the size of Wii U, but then you have a five five inch to six inch LCD screen embedded on that, and then you buy a stand and you pop it on the stand. So why you take this with no level of seriousness? <laughs> Okay, so here's what you do. Hold on, what I I don't mind that your your goofiness, but I do. I am curious of. Do you think that there is a real no. model that they will do? I think that there's already been too many. There's been three. When you think about it, there's been the launch one, there's been the slim one, there's been the pro. Yeah, but I think the pro does exist on its own. It does, but it's still an iteration of a console. So what I mean by that is that's like saying that Apple would not release another smartphone in the next year because they released the iPhone six. Yes. Well, you know what I mean? They would release a budget version if anything. But which, that's my point. So you're you're going into what I'm talking about where if they're going to make another one, it would be to be more well, so budget but, friendly. But they don't right? have one of those currently, but we do. Well, iPhone does with the iPhone XR if we're using the Well, analogy. that's okay. That's not as budget friendly as a slim to a PS4 Pro. The XR is still like I think 100 799. And okay, the so iPhone X cheaper. is $1,000. So minimum. $200 cheaper, which... Or excess. I guess actually is very equivalent, now yeah, that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, pretty but similar. It's also one of those things, though, that the new iPhone, whether or not that comes out, is different than a console because it's not going to be the same new iPhone for eight well, years. Well, no, I don't mean that either. I'm just saying as an analogy as why... I think that the Pro... And it really, it is important to talk about the Pro in the sense of phones a little bit because the whole idea for the Pro and doing a mid-generation refresh like a mid- came from how often cell phones reiterate versus how often consoles well, run. And cell phones reiterate yes. at a much higher pace and can give you way more power in a small window. But we're not getting more power. Or well, we did we did with the Pro though. That's what I mean. So not, I'm not talk, I'm talking about but with a new iteration, we're not getting more. Yeah, power. but I just I'm saying that there's only been two iterations of the PS4. There's only been one iteration of the PS4 Pro. I yeah. think that they exist separately from each other. But I, I don't, don't think that you can say they're on the same thing. You can't think, say there's been three iterations. I don't think of we'll PS4. see a more budget version come out. They already have success. I mean, think about it. This, the current Slim goes for two hundred dollars near Black Friday and holiday sales, and it's yep. not an uncommon sale. What are you going to sell for one hundred and fifty? 
Like, are you gonna are you gonna make it so that, that you pace? can definitely go lower? But there's a lot, there's ways that you could do that too. With so going back to the super slim, and I only do this because we have to look at the history Sony's done to know how likely it is think, that they'll repeat I it. Think that is but that doesn't mean that they're going to. It's repeat a different it. Sony at that point. Though, it is. Too. It is different presidents. Yeah, different. A lot of different stuff. Yeah. They're, in, they're they are the success story this generation from the get go all the way till now. Yeah, whereas last generation they were the failure story that turned into the success story, which still um, was not seen by many people. Still yeah, people, a lot of people, people still, still consider them to have won. lost. Yeah, and and I mean, for all intents and purposes, I think it's fair it's to fair. say that Xbox won the majority of the generations. So if we're looking at it yeah. by that sense, they technically won the generation. It's fair to say that Microsoft won, but it's not even fair if Sony to did more numbers later. Sony's um, success story at the end. Yeah. So, but what they did there still, and this just goes to show something that's very close to what you're wanting to do. So, what Sony did with that, there's a super slim, and it came with a 500 gig, a 250 gig hard drive models of those. But then they also did a 12 gigabyte model that was substantially cheaper, and it was a small hard drive. I don't remember that at all. So, what you could do, not every game, you, a you could upgrade the hard drive on your own if you wanted to. It you could do it Hopefully. to where, yeah, you could do it to where you just had it set up with, um, you know. You could do digital titles if you wanted to. You could do disc titles that didn't make you install them. You could do all the, it was essentially how cheap do you want to get into a PS3? This is a Blu-ray player. This does let you play some games, and this was the perfect entry model for specifically people who have who are either patient gamers or very casual gamers. Well, obviously, the George Foreman could play Blu-ray games. Could it play Blu-ray movies too? Yes. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. I remember. Thinking, well, the, the games were Blu-ray. That's what I said. Obviously, so, you yeah. can play Blu-rays. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying. Kind of has to at that yeah, point. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about. I didn't know. If it had the codex and everything needed yeah, to run. Yeah, for movies, because I thought I remember Joe specifically having issues out of his. With he, might have, he may have had issues, but it wasn't because of a design purpose. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. That's what so, I was curious about, because I didn't have Blu-rays at that point. But anyway, when you look at that, and I, I want to see how much that actually costs. So let's, because I'm it was a, it was notably cheaper. I want to say it was $139 for the 12 gigabyte model. And uh, of course, it was 12 gigabytes. It couldn't fit yeah, a game yeah. on there. Yeah. I mean, back, back then, it could probably fit two or three. Maybe. Depending on your Certain game. games, yeah, sure. But. but my whole thing is, is like what I would really like to see, just for the novelty sake of it, is just a. So I would trade in my my current base model slim that or base model PS4 that's in the living room to buy one of these. I want a small discless PS4 Pro. I mean PS4 Slim that you can use it for everything else that you can use a PS4 for. Like it'd be cool to have it as a Netflix player because that's realistic what we play. Or my wife plays Elder Scrolls Online, which I uh, I own the. Um, digital version of that anyways so i could use let her use that to, for her to play um it'd be kind of cool like i want to see like it, it sounds novel and it is but it, it's one of those things that's i like small electronics that have really beefy specs and they're just in a small package that's why I like it i'm playing around in my mind with the new pc build i want it to be micro atx but those dude it's ridiculously expensive it's the cost there is so much higher for a micro ATX build for PCs. Yeah, versus. well, because you're trying to get everything down, and that's a thing. Yeah. So, let's see. The entry-level machine was available to buy for 120 euro. For the, so, so it was that a, is $139 US, I think. Somewhere around there, because it changes every day. But yeah, that just goes to show that... Well, I'm talking about the ruffle cool value back then. Yes, yeah. Uh, so, But that's my point of one of the biggest things that they could stand to gain from doing what they're doing, uh, from doing 
specifically another slim revision would be that when, even when they did the slim PlayStation 4, I'm pretty sure it's on an 18 nanometer, so they could still go smaller with a 14, save time, make it more energy efficient, do all these things, make it cheaper to produce. All these different things could happen, and they could come out with a model that's even more. And the reason I say that is Sony is dead set on making sure, and they've when talked about it out? time and again, 2012. October 2012 specifically. Oh, boy. Come on, let me go far back. Oh, how much? Uh, Dude, the euro has dropped like crazy in just the past three years. <laughs> but so is the U.S. dollar, if we're going to talk about that. Oh, that's true, too. So, um, yeah, it would be roughly 130 to $140. I never saw that model ever in It apparently life. was only in the U.K., oh, okay. but I remember seeing it. Okay, I was going to say, um, I never once saw that model when I was out shopping around or anything. Yeah. So, and it goes to show you, like, even back, like, I like these these consoles because they're good for patient gamers. Because in three years... The, if they made a super slim PS4, it's going to be a great value in exactly. four years. And what I, just I really don't think that they're going to do it. Well, and the reason I even say that is what I was going just a second ago is that Sony is dead set. One of the biggest things they've talked about time and time again is they constantly talk about the PlayStation 2 and its success. And right. a lot of the PlayStation 2 sales happened after the PS3 was there. There was only one iteration of the PlayStation 2, wasn't there? That, yeah, it only had one slim, but the yeah. slim was such, and that's when we're talking about the your slim could fit in my cargo pocket, dude. The slim was insanity from dude, the, from what was, the launch model PS2 was. You know, you're talking about going down to a PS4 that's the size of the breakout box. It's not impossible, clearly, because we saw Sony take something that was as massive as the launch model PS2, which look was a beautiful console. I love yeah, that look, but they went down to I would say, God, it was probably half an inch, an eighth thick. of the size of the original release. I would say it's about. I'd say about half an inch thick, and maybe a little bit more. Maybe I'd say it was about an three, inch thick. Dude, I don't think it was. I think it was really. You tough. gotta think, man. The, the launch model PS2 was like three and a half. I know, inches. but okay. I'm telling you, dude. Gavin, let me borrow his. I took it home in my cargo pocket. Yeah, dude. I know. I it. threw it in my cargo pocket and one, and then the other cargo pocket had the cable. They went from having an actual the the DC adapter to having it to where you plugged it in with the little PSP charger yeah, style things. Yeah. So it was a drastic change, but it goes to the same point. My my larger point for that is that. Most of the PlayStation 2's sales that continued to go on to make it hit $150 million happened after the PlayStation 3 was already announced, after it was already released, and it just kept going to the point where the last PlayStation 2 game made was like, we talked about it a number of times, PES 14 or something like that. And when you think about it in that situation, if they want this to be a similar success story, the way you go about doing that is find whatever way you can to get the console down as cheap as possible. If there's a way for them to make it cheaper still... More efficient and that much more height was 1.1 inch. <laughs> so right over an inch. Told That's you. still super tiny for what it was back in the yes, day. Yes, it was. Absolutely. And the reason I even thought about that, you got to think about it. The system had to have its own things and then it had to have the plugs for the console. The, yeah. pl- the, the, the controller plugs were thick already. Yeah, that's true. They were we're about- used to USB cords now, but those things were pretty thick. So when you're looking at that, though, do you not agree? And I'm not saying that you have to agree that they're making one, but I think it's, when you think about how obsessed PlayStation is with repeating the PS2 with the PS4, that means they want to hit as close to $150 million, if not even over it's, it, as possible. And the only way to do that is to find ways to make it cheaper and cheaper. And they're not going to hit that number by keeping the PS4 at $300. No, but it's not something I disagree that they should do. I want them to do something like this because it would be really cool and almost novel to have, especially if they can get it as tiny as possible. It's something I don't think they're going to do. I think they are in a different spot, and they didn't do it with the Vita, but the Vita was a dying console already. Or they could just so no slash reason. the price of the PlayStation uh, 4 Slim. Yeah, but 
sometimes you can't do that when you're actually dealing with how much plastic and stuff goes I guess into that's it. True some too, of the, yeah. some components don't go down in price. Plastic doesn't change in price really as often as the components for other things. I do. really want to see like how big a switch light is in my hands because I feel like it's gonna be like that big, but like I can't. It's hard to tell. Like it's, I feel like it's gonna be just a little bit bigger than a Vita. Yep, I mean probably. But either way, if there's anything else you want to add, Saul, feel free to. No, I'm done. I just want to know what everybody else thinks. Yeah, our community's take question this time around will be, would you like, do you think Sony will do a super slim of the base model PS4? Do you think there is a chance of doing a PS4 Pro slim? And do you even want them to do it or think it's a good idea for them to do it? That's why I'm going to leave it on. Yeah, and I agree. I'm, I'm really, really curious as to what you guys think because, like I said, I agree I want them to do a um, a slim, a new slim. I don't think they will, though. If we had to land on predictions, not like, not like a real bet, but just a prediction that we could go back out and go, hey, curious on that. Would you predict that they do or don't? You're going to predict that they don't, right? I'm going to predict that they don't. Just to, just to go out Devil's there and advocate. say, I'm going to predict that they do. Devil me, daddy. <laughs> but we would love to hear your thoughts and uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode uh, for what it was. And hey, thanks to our patron, Mr. Sean One Neo. He's yeah. been listening to us forever. Thank you for giving us your time every week. Thank every one of you that does so. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Give them to us on YouTube down in the comment section below. Give them to us on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you want to do it. Uh, I will this week repost the um, the community's take question and hopefully it didn't get cut off of this episode we can only hope uh so we'll do all that and we will see you guys next week but as always thank you guys for joining us and this has been triangle square thank you guys so much thanks to our patrons chad v dan barber josh jarrell matthew green my name is dan douglas below sean santarude eric McAllister, matt sycamore shadowist steven salazar the stonard travis below Eduardo Palomino, Stefan Swanlin, Coy Live, Philip Laguerre, Corey Hickerson, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Thomas McKinnis, Brandon Edwards, and Sean One Neo. If you'd like to support the show in any form or fashion, go to patreon.com slash nartech and consider giving us as little as a dollar a month. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>